Acts of the Blood God. <laughs>Welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, U.S. Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. With me, as always, it's the lovely Nadia Oxford. Hello, I survived New York. Congratulations. Welcome home. Thank you. I think it's kind of funny that like the last episode came out on Friday, but it did not uh, reflect everything that happened with the Nintendo Switch. (laughs) And no, it did not. No, we were only able to give kind of like belated, or we were only kind of gave able to hint at what's to come though i listened to the episode again and i'm like holy crap we're actually pretty accurate yeah <laughs> we're actually we pretty, oh yeah no no nintendo's probably gonna have like some kind of fatal flaw i wonder what it is yep and uh we were right we know the future so we're gonna talk a little bit about the nintendo switch and our thoughts thereof um we're gonna talk uh, we're gonna talk about all of the fire emblems mm-hmm. there are There's all so of the fire emblems fi- coming out so much fire emblems to talk about and we're gonna have a slightly abbreviated persona 4 golden report because nadia was not playing persona 4 golden nadia what's up uh switch is up and dragon quest 8 is up oh it's almost as if you're like super busy and like there's like tons of information coming out (laughs) yeah yeah, it's almost as if something big happened i don't know what that would have been i don't know it's some kind of console reveal from like a like major and important developer yeah some nobody some nobody uh, don't don't say that. That might actually like. Oh, gee. I don't know. <laughs> that would be so sad. Do not speak it. It may come true. <laughs> uh, I'm also in the midst of a Final Fantasy IV Let's Play, Nadia. Yes, I noticed. Uh, yes, I just completed uh, part three. Uh, by the time this episode goes up, part four should be up as well. Maybe even part five. I- I'm not sure, but yeah, like kind of cruising through final fantasy 4 though this is your chance to admonish me as a final fantasy fan like i did make a big mistake and you can goof on me now appropriately go <laughs> oh boy permission uh yeah see for those of you who didn't watch uh cat went up against the dark elf and uh but before she did that the first time she forgot to go talk to edward aka the worst and uh get the twin harp to subdue the uh, the dark elf so she went to the dark elf basically and who punched her four times for 9999 damage each time and she's just swearing her head off as everyone's going down one by one and it's pretty funny to be honest with you so that's why i'm not too angry about it (laughs) (laughs) but she had to go back and get the twin harp yeah because i showed up at i can't even pronounce that place's name troya toria they changed the name because bad translation yeah, so many bad translations. Leviathan. Leviathan. <laughs> um, yeah, I went into the castle, and I said this explicitly on the stream. It's like, oh, I don't feel like exploring this castle. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and I went and talked to all of the people, and they're like, go fight Dark Elf. You need to go to the Chocobo Forest, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah, Chocobo Forest. I can do that. So mm-hmm. I go get me a black Chocobo and... I'm flying over, I'm feeling good, but like the entire time I'm like exploring that dungeon, I'm going, there's some, there's some (laughs) trick with the dark elf. I don't remember what it is, but I know that there's a trick. And then, but I'm like, but it's probably to do with the magnetic thing. Yeah. As long as I get rid of all of the magnetic stuff, I can totally take out the dark elf. It's going to be totally fine. Nope. 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 
Dark Elf, like, totally rolled me. Uh, I like I like Dark Elf. He has he has an interesting voice. All caps. I approve of all caps voice. Yeah, apparently in, in uh, uh, Clyde, a uh, tomato um, basically uh, went over that in his Legends of Localization uh, bit, which you should really check out. It's fantastic. Uh, but it, I, I forget how the Dark Elf speaks in Japanese, but it is some kind of equivalent with the the screaming all caps. Although in the the newer translations, he has a very uh, almost a very formal voice. It's kind of interesting with the differences. That's there. a weird change. It really is. I like screeching dark elf. Screeching dark dark elf, who technically could like, you know, trump Golba as any day of the week, if he can punch you for nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage. <laughs> what is going on here, Golbez? Why are you not using this dude? All he's doing is sitting on a crystal. Well, I mean, he's a pretty good guardian, right? I mean, you're feeling pretty confident about being able to protect the Earth Crystal of, like, this thing, this screechy thing that <laughs> has control of, like, a magnetic plate. It can only be beat, apparently, by worst bard. <laughs> Poor Edward. Uh, he does his best. You know, in uh, yeah. the after years, he he really grows a pair. He grows, like, 50 pairs. He is actually really pretty fantastic in that game. Uh, he's a much better fighter, and he's the only one with a brain in his head. So what you're saying is that he's the new protagonist of the After Years. Like, he should be. It's like Cecil's gone, like Dark Elf all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, that would actually make me play the After Years, I, I gotta say. I've played it twice. You played it twice? I finished it twice. Did you like it? No, but uh, I like the characters. <laughs> I, I, ca- I, no. I, I wrote about it on my site saying how basically playing the After Years is like hanging out with a bunch of old friends, except those friends are like you know, stabbing you in the back of the hand and spitting your beer every 10 minutes. You kind of enjoy it, but it, you're kind of reminded, why am I here every so often? It's like the world's end where basically a uh, dark elf is Simon Pegg, but wearing like wearing the black uh, trench coat and like, like pretending it's still 1991. And like, they're <laughs> like a kind of gothy teenager, except they're like in their forties. Yeah. Screaming in all caps. You haven't seen the world's end, have you? No, I haven't. You should totally watch the world's end. I think you'd like it. I probably would. There's a lot of things I have to watch. You would appreciate it. It's pretty funny. There's a lot of things I have to watch that I'd like. It is effing funny. Throw it on the pile, Nadia. It's on the pile along with Stranger Things. Oh my god, you haven't seen Stranger Things? No, I'm like the only person left who hasn't seen it. And I I bought Netflix to watch it and I still haven't watched it. Nadia, oh my god. Yeah, I know. It's only like 12 episodes. No, it's like 8 episodes. It's really short. Yeah, I know. It's really short. I need to get my ass It's really short. And I would say that it's the best TV related thing to come out last year. Yeah, every time I want to watch something like that, though, I like there's a funny cartoon on that I watch instead. <laughs> oh, God, don't even get me started. Like, I'm going, I should really finish The Wire, but Archer. Exactly, exactly. That's yeah, me. Yeah, so. Uh, the trials and tribulations of watching Netflix. It's so hard. Oh, my God. The world is so hard right now. So hard. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> uh, but the, so yeah, I did eventually manage to beat the Dark Elf. You did, it I saw took- it. It just took a bit of a return trip all the way back to the castle. Yep. So that I could talk to Worst Bard and he could um, play his damn twin harp. Yeah. In, in the retranslations. Oh, sorry. In the retranslations, they, they changed that to something called Whisperweed. Whisperweed. Okay. That makes even less sense. It's just like a little uh, flower or something that like you put on your person and the other person on the other side can hear whatever you're doing or saying. It actually features oh. prominently in After Years. Okay, so basically explaining how um, Dark Elf could actually hear the harp from, like, yes. across the world, apparently. Yeah. 
<laughs> across the continent at least across the continent it's like yep. suddenly worst bard is playing the twin harp in like new york city and like dark elf is in san francisco going <laughs> medieval cell phones yes exactly but if if you want to watch our Final Fantasy IV Let's Play, I've been archiving it on YouTube. In the most recent episode, I even included handy-dandy timestamps mm-hmm. so that you could watch all of the best parts. Um, so, yeah, so just keep an eye out for the notes. Um, I, w- I will round it all up once I'm all finished. But, uh, yeah, I do intend to finish Final Fantasy IV. I, I should be able to finish it by the end of the month. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm really cruising. Yeah, you're you're going at a good clip, and uh, it's not a very long game. No, it's not. It's like shockingly <laughs> short. I love mm-hmm. it. I, I love the brevity. Yeah, but I'm going on an episode of Retronauts this weekend to talk about it. So. Oh, sweet! I'm really glad that I'm like playing it because there's so much that I've forgotten about Final Fantasy IV, like the Twin Harp <laughs> and how to beat the Dark Elf, <laughs> and how to beat the Dark Elf. So. I wish I could be on that episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't you come okay. to San Francisco? I know I should. Hop on a bus right now, and you might get there in time for the recording. Oh, God, I had enough buses for uh, the next, like, lifetime. Yeah, maybe you should fly on a plane, Nadia. <laughs> Those cost money. So does riding a bus. Not as much as a plane, holy crap. Uh, yeah, but in the end, maybe your time is also having value. That's true. And it true. is worth the extra, like, 100 bucks or something to, like, fly on an airplane to get to New York. Uh, yeah, you're right. Take care of yourself, Nadia. I try, I try. All right. Since uh, you got to goof on me about the Twin Harp, I'm now going to goof on you for uh, not playing enough Persona 4 Golden. Gasp. Persona! Yeah, that's my bad. Um, I did play some, though. All right. So how much did you play? Uh, I, I did a little, like, a, a few more days. Uh, I have a motorcycle now, Uh a quote-unquote motorcycle. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, you get the motorcycle in Persona 4 Golden. That wasn't in the original Persona 4, I don't think. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, okay. Yeah, there's like a whole, like... Because there's like a whole th- side thing in Persona 4 Golden where like you get your license mm-hmm. and you have like a motorcycle and you like, you go somewhere, right? Yeah, like you go to a uh, the town. I forget the name of the town, but there's the, the next big city over, basically. Uh, do you remember what it's named? Oh, shoot. Something with an O. Uh, okay. Can't remember off the top of my head. All right. Yeah, so I, I think that is like a whole new section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty neat so far. Um, I don't have a license in real life, so <laughs> hey, I have a license somewhere. Really? Well, okay. Well, you got lots of buses in your life, at least. Yeah, in Toronto, I, I get around on buses. And if I, I've been meaning to, like if I had the extra income, I would buy a scooter. Even though I wouldn't be able to use Ooh. it for like three months out of the out of the year at least, I love the idea of you riding on a scooter. <laughs> it's the only thing that'll fit me. The, I mean, I'll be honest with you. One of the big reasons I haven't gotten a license is I can't see over the wheel of many cars. Um, really? Yeah, you've probably seen me on those videos by now of me in the switch. But uh, um, I'm about as short as my grandmother, who needed a, a cushion to, to on every <laughs> car seat. So. <laughs> And I can't reach the pedals, and I can't see over there. Oh, it's just... It's a thing. Nightmare. Yeah, but... Uh, and even so, it's like, even if I could see over it, it's like, cars are too big. Um, I don't know. I was involved in a very severe accident when I was very young, and I guess that put an oh. impression on me. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. sorry about that. Jeez. Yeah, it kind of sucked. But uh, a scooter, I don't know. It's like, I, I'd feel a lot more safe in that, even though, ironically, I 
you know, not really covered by a, a, a car body, you know? So you totally got a scooter in Persona 4 Golden. I did. And you like totally read, rode over to the next town over. Uh, and what happened then? Uh, there was a very, um, what's the word I want to use here? Uh, big w- uh, woman who sat on my scooter. Or not my scooter, but... Uh, oh, right. Yes. <laughs> Yosuke's scooter and just completely demolished it. <laughs> was it Yosuke's scooter or your scooter? No, no, it was Yosuke's scooter. scooter. Poor guy. He just <laughs> <laughs> The wheels just flew off and... Went to God knows where, and he had to get to get home. He had to get on um, Kanji's bike. Like uh, he I feel had like to... this character. This lady is like a recurring side character. There's a lot of like LOL fat women, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Although to her credit, she's very um, she's very confident about herself, and I like that. Very confident. Yeah, she has a lot of confidence. She knows exactly what she wants. Yep. Uh, she... she um has she's sexually active apparently and like has very specific tastes mm-hmm. um so yeah no she appears quite a bit <laughs> i mean she she broke the scooter yeah but then she's like well don't buy a cheap ass scooter <laughs> yosuke is like what <laughs> yes yosuke. i remember that little vignette now yeah okay. and uh, i you can use the scooter to go places like you yeah. can actually use it um do you remember where else you can go just to ride on the scooter uh, not yet because I took a. I'm taking small rides because I don't have the courage yet to go for like right. the really big ones. Yeah, um, you have to go on a long. You can go on a long ride, and that does something. Like it, in, um, it'll get you somewhere, and you can get something. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'm so definitely definitely build up that. your courage. Yeah, I have been. Um, I recently uh, pet a cat, and that increased my courage. <laughs> yeah, petting a cat. That's like that takes a lot of courage, I guess. It kind of does. Have you have you ever been around an angry cat? Yes, I have. Um, I know enough not to pet a angry cat. Maybe. Yes, yes. Um, kind of a bad idea. Let's put angry it this cat way: cat doesn't want to be pet. My mother pet an angry cat, and she wound up in the hospital for a week. What? Um. Okay. Um. Because cats... I, I am sorry for your mother. <laughs> well, it was her own damn fault, and I tell that every day. But uh, cats have uh, carry a lot of germs in their mouth. And when I was a groomer, that was the number one terrible thing that could happen to you, was getting bit by a cat. You get bit by a dog, if your hand's still attached, you go back to work. You get bit by a cat, you're going to the hospital. Yeah, I remember my grandma, or my aunt, that happened to my aunt when her cat got into a fight. Aw, kitty. Yeah. So, speaking of cats, speak their name and they shall appear. (laughs) Hello, Hamish, our third guest today. But he's just sitting in the, the sun grooming himself right now. So I don't Aww. think he's going to try and jump up to the microphone and start purring and everything. But uh, right. yeah, yeah, I pet a cat and that gave me some courage and some diligence. I think expression too. <laughs> There's expression to petting a cat. So you can understand the cat. Yes. Oh, no, no, that's totally true. Like, yeah, no, the, the cat is, you have a psychic understanding. You feel the cosmos when you touch that cat and you're like, Yes, and then your expression goes up. <laughs> Cats are the divine. <laughs> All right, so you pet a cat. Your expression, your courage went up. You went on a scooter ride. Anything else happened to you? Um, there was some. Oh, right, I've been doing a lot of gardening. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty good because you can uh, uh, get closer to Nanako and uh, her dad, uh, Dojima, at the same time. So that's pretty handy. Um, Very handy. Oh right, my my everyone's planning for a school trip, and uh, I went out. Ah uh, yes, the school trip. <laughs> <laughs> and I went Love out with uh, Chio Chan and uh, uh, shoot, I'm blanking on the in girl's name for some reason. 
Yukiko. Uh, Yukiko. Oh, yeah. Yukiko. Yeah. Yukiko. Yeah. And they're they're talking about how to make curry, and they're talking about putting all this stuff into it, and it just sounds like it's going to be the worst curry in the universe. Oh, it's going to be a curry, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a curry and a half. <laughs> oh, and this is after uh, I. Those of you who follow me on Twitter know that I just had a go-go curry for the first time in New York, and that was just amazing. Like I've never had Japanese curry before. I can't believe you've never had Japanese curry. That's never amazing. had Japanese curry. I'm sure there's a place in Toronto, but it's not nearby. Like I can walk to a million sushi places, but I will not be able to find a really good ramen place within walking distance or mm. a really good curry place in, in, within walking distance. I just found a good ramen place near my house, actually. It's called Kaiju Eats. <laughs> um, and when I say near my house, I mean like you know about a mile down the road. Yeah, but, yeah. It's like somebody for whomever is like fervently Google mapping, looking for kaiju eats to figure out where I live. Go away, stalker. <laughs> you can't play uh, yeah, persona with cat. Yeah, it's really good ramen place. Like it's actually probably the best ramen I've had in San Francisco. Um, yeah, spicy and delicious and flavorful. Not. Uh, thick. I, I think the key to good ramen is thick and good noodles. Mm-hmm. I love ramen. There, there is a pretty good place around me, but uh, what, I that's love one... good ramen. But bad ramen is the worst. Ugh, I can just imagine. But uh, one thing about Persona, it's like, oh, it makes me hungry for Japanese food and Chinese food. I wish I could enjoy gogo curry, but I'm a pescatarian, and they put a meat base in pretty much all of the curry. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. whenever I have like Japanese curry, I like. If I just ignore the meat base, like I can eat it, but I feel a little ill afterward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear that. Like, if you if you're a vegan or a vegetarian in Japan, you probably starve to death first. No, I mean, well, a lot of my friends were vegan mm-hmm. uh, when they showed up, and in one way or another, had to kind of like light, like loosen up and like try something else. Um, right. Like, I knew somebody who was a strict vegan who started drinking like um, milk. Again, mm-hmm. like dairy products again, because, I mean, they just needed something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and another person who went from like just plain old vegetarian to a pescatarian because there's fish in literally everything. Mm-hmm. Like everything has a fish base. Yes. You're just going, you're you're not going to be able to avoid the meat. So you're right. You're right in that. But he would eat like a big block of tofu a lot of the time. <laughs> you. Which is good. I'm Ooh, not a fan of tofu. tofu. Really good. Too slimy. Uh, it's all right. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just sit. No, that's not true. I have had a block of tofu. It's not my first choice, but it can be pretty good. And now I'm getting hungry. God, I hope <laughs> I apologize to anybody who's listening to this and thinking, mm, I'm hungry. But your go-go curry experience was really good then. Yes, I loved it. Um, and I need to find, maybe I'll find a place around here that delivers uh, curry. <laughs> you're in Toronto. That's a good culinary place. Like, you're totally oh, fine. Oh, it's fantastic. There. But uh, certain things are hard to find. Like, it's hard to find good Mexican, believe it or not. Um, well, that's not surprising. It's Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's only one place you're going to find good Mexican. That's uh, California. Southwest. Yep. That's pretty much California, Arizona, Texas, New Mexico. Like, those are the places you're going to find good Mexican and anywhere else. Nope. Sorry. There's a, I've been eating a lot of Filipino because there's a, like a lot of Filipino places mm. around me. Man, that's good. They just deep fry the shit out of everything. Acts of the food cast. <laughs> Acts of the food god. Food of the blood god. Spoon of the food god. Ooh, spoon of the food god. The there spoon of the blood god. <laughs> it's going to have like lots of spikes and everything, so be careful because you might cut your mouth. But No, you, man, you need Captain god, Crunch to do that. The blood god is hungry. Blood god is also hungry for more RPGs. So, <laughs> All right. So anything else that you notice in Persona 4? 
Uh, it was a very subdued week. So other than waiting for the uh, the class trip and anticipating this curry and a half, there's not too much going on just yet. But I will uh, have more next week. I will say that it's these kinds of like vignettes and trips and things that you do with your friends that really kind of endears the cast to you. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, was, I was laughing my ass off the whole way through, like with the, the shopping trip and uh, Kanji uh, trying, just the way Kanji is like so, such a tough ass, but he refers to us all as senpais. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Uh, I love Kanji. I need a Kanji uh, figure. But it really feels like you've got, oh, it's going to sound so sad. It sound, It feels like you have a group of really good friends. Yeah. And I think that everybody who had a good high school experience probably had that like super close group of friends that you did everything with. Yeah, I did. I, I still talk to and a lot I, of them. Yeah. And I think that's like a universal experience, you know, like, like it doesn't matter if you're in Japan or Europe or the US or Africa mm-hmm. or or wherever like you've probably like when you're in like that kind of school and environment and you're in that kind of age that's where you start to make the kind of friendships that last a, li- a lifetime and yeah. persona 4 i think more than almost any rpg you're gonna find like really reflects that yeah and then you know it's not just the fact that you're seeking out like those serial murderers the fact that uh you know you're still doing these high school things that like bring you all closer together yeah, it's definitely a thing in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well, um, which I think has a ton in common with Persona 4, uh, to be perfectly honest. Like that same kind of feeling of you have these friends who are basically friends forever and are very close-knit and pe- different people come into their orbit throughout the show. Yeah. and But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like all about the trio. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> oh yeah, and they also fight vampires and monsters and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now that you mention it, I wonder if uh, Persona was inspired by Buffy at all. Oh, no, that's actually a really interesting question. I'm going to guess no, because it's not exactly an uncommon thing mm-hmm. uh, for you. You know, like high school is such a big part of Japanese life. Like Exactly. Perhaps even more so than, you know, like it's a big deal in the West as well, but it feels like it dominates so much of the media. Like, yeah. It's such a critical juncture of a Japanese person's life. Yeah, especially since it's not uh, surprisingly that it's going to feature a lot, right? Yeah, in in the West, it's really more about the college experience, but in, in Japan, it seems to be more about the high school experience. I don't know; it can vary. Like, <clears throat> there are lots of high school like comedies and dramas, and you name it. Like, it's just a very particular experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would not be surprised if, like, somebody in Japan, independently of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, hit upon the idea of, oh, you have a group of friends who are, like, in a Japanese high school, and also they're, like, fighting supernatural stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's a very, uh, I don't want to say a common trope, but it's a very, you know, endearing one. It is. Um, though it would be amusing to me if, like, it turned out that the creators of Persona were like, oh, no, no, we're huge Buffy fans. <laughs> I can see that being, it's really a 50-50, and I think it could be either way. It's like, nope, love Willow. Uh, <laughs> love love Oz. Yep. Nope, Buffy all the way. Season three. Yep, right there. <laughs> we love season three. All right. Um, let's move on to some conversation about the Nintendo Switch, shall we? Yeah, um, 
I will say, despite all the criticisms, uh, it's not going to slack on the RPGs. Not so far. Okay, not so far, so yeah. We got our first look at an RPG, like, pretty much right away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they announced Xenoblade 2 yeah. for the Nintendo Switch, and I have to say that I'm pretty excited. It looks really good so far. Um, I think your mileage very really varies on uh, the most recent Xenoblade um, yeah. or the Wii U. Just because it was, I mean, it wasn't story driven at all. It was all about exploring this big open world, and yeah, like, and, and for it a was, lot of people, it didn't really resonate. But yeah, I mean, it, it was great for what it was. Um, but the thing that really drove me to the first game was the goofy cast, and you didn't have that with the mm-hmm. second game. No, you didn't. Uh, it was, I mean, you created your own character. Yes, and I think the not to like sit and slag on the Wii U version of Xenoblade um, too much, but I I think that I I didn't like that the art got a lot more seemingly a little more generic. Yeah, yeah, uh, because they were going for characters that you were creating. Um, Mm -hmm. I I didn't like that the story really took a backseat. I've I've often said that mechanics matter to me more than story in a game. But if the story is completely absent, like it can be kind of like, uh, it starts to get a little dicey if the characters aren't at least kind of appealing. Yeah, and it w- it probably would have done. Like, I don't get me wrong. I love the Wii U version of Xenoblade. It was Xenoblade Chronicles. Was it X? What was the uh... Xenoblade Chronicles X? Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it was fantastic for what it was. But here's the thing: following Xenoblade Chronicles, which had that endearing cast, which had that really super unique setting, um. I don't know if it had been a standalone thing, I probably wouldn't have held the held like its lack of story against it. And I know that's not really fair of me to say, but it, it's just the way I feel. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, Especially so, but since we're getting Xenoblade Two. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thing that kind of draws me to this is that it looks like it's going back to that that weird world where everyone kind of lives on giant alien things, <laughs> and I love Gods. that. Gods, yeah, and I love that about the first game. That was just like, oh, you're going to the Bionis's knee. It's like, holy crap, I love that idea. Yeah, I, th- I think Xenoblade Chronicles, um, when I played it on the 3DS, uh, it was not the ideal version to play, I will have to say. And no, definitely the, the Wii. Past. Definitely the Wii version. But I think that the things that stood out to me were the battle system wasn't too bad. Yeah, and uh, battle system. I feel like Final Fantasy XV took a lot from it, which is okay by me. Um, a bit, a bit. I mean, obviously, it wasn't in, really in real time. Um, mm-hmm. You would spend in like Xenoblade Chronicles. I, I liked that the boss battles required you to put in a lot of thought. Yes, about they were how your party composition. Yes, absolutely. They were they were challenging. Yeah, like if you just tried to spam the Monado, there were bosses that the Monado literally did nothing to. Yes, because the Monado couldn't really hurt. Uh, the the big blade from Xenoblade mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. not hurt regular people. Well, like barely hurt regular people. It was only it was good against uh, the mecha enemies. Yes, that's what it was designed for. So and- you had to like kind of um, build your party accordingly, mm-hmm. and depending on the characters that you swapped in, they all had very like they all had very specific abilities, which I really, I also really liked. Yeah. So, um, and the story was all right. I mean, yeah, the story, like wasn't, the story. A, wasn't amazing, but, like, by JRPG standards, pretty good. Yeah, and uh, just the cast, like, the way, like, I just like Ryan, and I like Shulk, and their stupid names, and their stupid dialogue, and their stupid accents. 
Oh God! And what's those British? Yeah, those like because it was a British localization. It was because it came out in Europe first for some reason. And uh, I actually, yeah, I never understood that. But I actually, this is one of the few games where I usually change over to Japanese voice acting. Um, not always, but usually. But that's one instance where I changed over to Japanese after a while, and I changed back to to English because I'm like, I need these British accents. I just do. Can I say that I did not like the controls in the original Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii? Um, I uh, used the classic controller. I did not like sit. I did not like holding the Wii and nunchuck configuration. Um, yeah, I just I, wanted to play like I just wanted to freaking play like with a normal controller. Yeah, and that's what I did from day one. I didn't even try to use the nunchuck and the uh, the Wii remote. Yeah, it was kind of awkward. Yeah, I but heard nothing good about the that Wii setup. For you, so I'm kind of like I'm kind of glad that you can do that with the Switch like pretty easily just by like clicking it into the um into the tablet kind of interface thing um though of course <clears throat> well i'm really it's a quick question you held the switch the controller that where the like the two controllers are clicked into the the charger thing right yes i held it like a baby uh it looked pretty it looked smaller than i was expecting was it comfy um are you talking about the uh the the I don't want to say cradle. I forget. They have a name for it, but I forget what it is. It was Rip. like a Joy-Cons like, that are... The Joy-Cons are put into the cradle thing. Yeah, okay. So it's like kind of the... That thing. Not the Pro Controller, but that. So, yeah. So it's like kind of like a, the grip. It's, it's like set up like a standard controller almost, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that, it felt pretty comfortable. I played a little bit okay. of Zelda with that, and um, I don't remember having any problems with it, put it that way. Like, I wasn't like looking for buttons. I could reach for them without a problem. I might have had a little bit of problem with the ZL and, and ZR buttons, but nothing major. Nothing that I won't like get used to in two seconds. But uh, no, I, I have no complaints about that. It feels like a normal controller to me anyway. Great. Um, okay, good. So I, I will probably play that way. I don't anticipate like having the... <laughs> the the switch joy cons like out too much no myself. like uh I, that's one thing that's one huge thing it has above the wii is that uh and the wii u even is that you know you really can build yourself quote-unquote a normal controller you don't have to like improvise with some crazy ass setup yeah i actually appreciate that because i always found the wii gamepad too fat mm-hmm like mm-hmm. i found uh, playing with that thing kind of a, well, i found it pretty annoying yeah i'm gonna uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I hate it, but I also did not particularly like the Wii U Pro Controller. I never liked like, the Wii U Pro Controller, ever. It did not feel great. No. So often, I would be playing with, like, a Wii U controller. Yes. When I could. Like, it just, like, when I, I played Shovel Knight with just the Wii remote, because that felt like the best way to play it. Yeah. If yeah. I recall correctly. The, even though you lose, like, the touchscreen functionality. Yeah, but big deal big deal (laughs) exactly Uh, so i'm grateful for the ability to after like two consoles finally have a semi-normal joystick setup um even if it's kind of artificially created it's not gonna be as good as like the xbox one controller but whatevs yeah it's definitely functional um i don't think there's a d-pad though is there i don't remember Uh, i don't remember i i don't recall looking at it uh i don't think so though but i mean i mean it doesn't seem like it would Put it this way, when I bought the Wii, I immediately also bought at the same time a Pro Controller, and I don't think I'm going to have to buy a Pro Controller right away for the the uh, Switch. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I, I look forward, by the way, to them releasing another one of those little um, 
things for the we uh, for the GameCube controller, the adapter for the GameCube controller, the longest lived controller that you're gonna find. <laughs> Long live the, the side of like the DualShock. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's incredible. Like the fact that I'm still able to use my old GameCube controllers. My old GameCube's long gone, but I still have most of the controllers because I play Smash Brothers with them. Yeah, you and pretty much the entire universe. That was the bet. That was the smartest thing they did with Smash Brothers for the Wii U was that they made it so it was only for one console. Yep, yep. <laughs> or it was only for one game. For some reason, they wouldn't let you use it with like the virtual console or anything else. Just but that one game. The fact, but I could play it with Smash Brothers, and that's what it mattered. Yep, yep. And uh, what everybody's used to. It's like the equivalent of like I have to use I have to use an arcade stick for Street Fighters. There's just no two yeah. ways about it. It's like the equivalent. I have to use a GameCube controller. The fact that I could use a wave bird, that was awesome. I love that the wave bird was a thing again. Yeah, the wave bird, well, it was such a great thing to begin with. I mean, the GameCube controller is not one of my favorites, but I, I love everything it did for, like, just, you know, video game controllers in general. It, it's yes. like Nintendo innovates, and then everyone kind of perfects on that. It, there was a, a Reddit meme where it was like, <laughs> meanwhile, at Sony headquarters, yeah. and it showed them. <laughs> It showed like uh, two Dual Shocks attached to like a um... uh, iPad. Yeah, I saw that. Like taped to an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> that goes all the way back to like back in the days of the N sixty four, where like the N sixty four came out with an analog stick, and PlayStation immediately released a Dual Shock. Mm-hmm. But uh, it must be said, the Dual Shock ended up surviving the test of time. Like that yes. was that was the best controller. So yeah, we all kind of busted our N sixty four controllers with the uh, Mario Party. Yes, we did. Uh, so it's kind of unclear when Xenoblade 2 is coming out. Um, it looked like it actually had gameplay. Yeah, I'm which hearing is that. more like, than can be said for a lot of the games. Like, like Shin Megami Tensei was teased. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like, It seems to be <clears throat> a reboot of the original SMT. It's actually funny that um, I watched that trailer and I recognize the uh, personas now. Oh, let's see. There you go. Like, welcome. Yeah, thank welcome you. to the fold. One of us, one of us. Now I need to get you to play Strange Journey on the DS because that is a really good game. Yeah, I've gone back to a few DS games before. I, Not too long ago, I finished uh, Dragon Quest uh, Heroes, uh, Dragon Quest Joker, so. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Oh, you finished it. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So yeah, SMT not coming out for a, quite a while. No, but um, uh, I've, I'm hearing that Xeno uh, Blade, whichever too, is uh, coming out in uh, 2017 in Japan at least. Okay, well that's like relatively nearish. Um, so probably next year. Um, it seems like Xenoblade games get priority to get localized now, which is good. God, yeah, I'm glad. To, I'm glad about that. Who knows? Maybe we get a simultaneous release. That would be fantastic. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I can dream. I really doubt it. Um, that has not been the MO in the past. Well, we'll probably get it early 2018 at the earliest. Yeah. Still, Sorry. like, the fact that we're getting these kind of meaty games is, like, really promising, I think. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, there was that uh, one game by the uh, Bravely Default team. Octo something or default. other. Oh, yeah, that's not coming out for a bit. No, but it looks kind of neat. It does look pretty neat and i like that it's being made by the bravely well it's not made by the bravely default team it's made by the bravely default producer oh okay yeah he's working on it because i think the bravely defaults like their own studio mm-hmm. but i think it's internal to square enix yeah i think you might be right but either way the hey pixel art why not oh no it looks really good yeah and uh 
I, like all of the, the JRPG nerds immediately got excited for it. Um, but still relatively early. Earliest is 2018. So uh, uh, I, I wouldn't count on it anytime soon. No, probably not. But I did hear that. I don't know if it's going to be out at launch or what, but I Am Setsuna is coming to uh, to the system. Woo. So if you missed it the first time, uh, pick it up, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly, sure. Do, do that if you feel <laughs> like it. That's a, that's very much a why not sort of game. It's um yeah. If you're like really into that style, um sure, why not? It's a very I... melancholy Sorry? sort of game. Yes. Obviously, I am most excited for Dragon Quest 11. Yes. Same. Uh is that that's coming out this year in Japan, right? Uh but probably and but probably not this year in America. So, let's <laughs> have to wait for that one. Though not region locked, so I no, may just right. import. Oh my god. Do you, I will say this. Thank God they didn't region lock it. Yes. That is, for me at least, for nerds like me, that's kind of a game changer. Yeah. Because um, if Japan ends up uh, embracing the Switch, which I kind of expect, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be great for all the Super Robot Wars imports I'm going to be <laughs> inevitably doing. You'll be set. And the PS4 is not region locked, so... God damn it, Nintendo. Thanks for getting back on the same page with us after yeah. screwing us with the 3DS. Welcome to the fold. Jeez, that was the worst. Not that I missed many games because they region locked the Switch, but it was pretty annoying. What would be really nice is if we could access the Japanese eShop. Yes. Because I would... they have a lot of virtual console games that I would like to be able to play. Yeah, and we don't know a whole lot about the virtual console yet at this point. No, they haven't promoted it, but we all pretty much know that it's going to be a thing because of... The fact that the <clears throat> they're going to be promoting their online service with an NES game and a and a SNES game, so mm, that you can't keep. They, I mean, yeah, no. The, well, you can buy it. Oh, what? Keep it that way. <laughs> can you get a discount on it or something? Nintendo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I am not looking. They're going to make us rebuy our entire library. I just, uh, like, yeah, I just shake my head. I just like okay. Sure. I, I don't know if I'm going to rebuy most of these games on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, didn't with, like, from the making the transition from the Wii to the Wii U, didn't you only have to pay a dollar or something like that? And you could have some new features? Uh, Yes. You had to pay... You paid a much reduced price, and then you could play it on the, the, touch, the touch screen. Yeah, that's not too but, bad. But it... But the emulation on the Wii U was actually inferior. Oh, was it? I didn't know that. And you I still never... had to pay... I mean, you could access you could access your old account if you transferred the Wii stuff over through a very cumbersome process. Yeah, you we could did access that. your old Wii account, which is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, and maybe the number one reason that I'm going to keep my Wii U because I have a whole bunch of games that aren't super easy to get elsewhere, like Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, exactly. Like a legit Super Nintendo ROM of Final Fantasy VI that I can play uh, without, like, you know, pirating on my PC. Mm-hmm. That's rad. I, I like that. And they have like they have Final Fantasy VI on the on the PlayStation Store, but it's the PlayStation release, which is like load time. No, no, absolutely would not play that one. No, no, the loads the loading times are terrible. As, as I was saying, the the Switch is going to have a pretty robust Japanese support, I suppose, and so I'm really glad in that regard. It's going to be region free again. Good job on you, Nintendo. Obviously, I would love you to give me access to the Japanese eShop so that I could play a bunch of games. That didn't come out like uh, Fire Emblem, yeah, uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden or whatever, which a lot of these games received Japanese releases but never came over here 
for the Wii Virtual Console. <clears throat> so get on that in Japan. They, I'm sure they won't. I'm sure there'll be absolutely no way to get into the Japanese eShop, but I digress. Um, suppose we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a tiny bit about the price. Um, I pre-ordered a Wii. I, I, I pre-ordered a Switch immediately after uh, the thing because I was kind of afraid that I wouldn't be able to get one. Yeah, yeah, um, same. It's expensive. It really is. And here's the thing. Um, I wrote a thing about on US Gamer about how it's going to be something like, I forget the exact number, but like 270 something pounds. And I said, oh, that's without tax. And I had uh, some British people tell me, no, that is with tax. And I'm like, okay, so Ooh. here's the thing. In Canada, it's going to be $400 without tax. Oh, my God. And I know our dollar is weaker than, than the U.S. dollar, although there was a time when it was stronger. And if you think that merchants made our prices cheaper, well, I got news for you. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a lot of money for Canada. And uh, yeah. again, without tax, which generally tends to be higher here. So that really cheeses me off. Sorry. That's Okay. That is okay. That's such a drag. Are you still getting it? Oh, of course. Did you order it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I am. I am getting it. But um, I'm still a little iffy on that price. And I know that you know, um, it, some people say, "Well, it's a fair price." But I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be a big deterrent for some people. Yeah, it also has a problem where I, I really am afraid that it's like i originally said way back like right after the switch was revealed i was like i mean is it going to be kind of the worst of both worlds mm -hmm. is it going to be like uh not quite a hand a handheld with crappy battery life but not as powerful as a console is it like going to find itself competing directly with mobile and losing yeah like, i don't think it's going to compete directly with mobile number one number two the battery life doesn't bother me as much because while i could see you know two hours being the worst case scenario for like a really high energy game um i can still see myself playing like you know stardew valley for six hours with on like low battery so that would be ideal yeah um and then there are people who are already like talking about it's like well i don't know if i would like take this console and run the risk of losing it yeah i think we talked about that uh in a past episode and i don't think i would but you know i don't travel that much so which is yet. funny because ipads cost more yeah, but I know. It's, it's we funny. have this different mindset with we the really Switch. do, and I mean it's not what just the, it's, it's not just the Switch a for me. It's like I don't even like to take my Vita out because I don't mm. know something about it. But you, the whole point to me of portable is to play it like you know in my bedroom or something, just you know before bed. So mm. that's not a huge deal for me, but for some people it might be. I don't know. And Jeremy was calling it <clears throat> a Rorschach test, essentially. <laughs> like, do you see it as a console or a handheld? Yeah, I personally see it as a handheld. I don't see it as a console. I see like, it. I keep forgetting that you can plug it into your TV. Like my entire mindset is that it's the successor to the 3DS. Yeah, see, mine is like it's oh, it's a console. You plug it into your TV. Yeah, I mean, I expect that I'll be playing a fair amount on my TV, but especially with RPGs, I prefer them on handhelds. So yeah, like I, I am definitely glad that I have that handheld feature because when my husband wants the TV to watch wrestling for the fiftieth time in a day, I can just be like, okay, and I'll take, <laughs> I'll take it into the the bedroom and keep playing Zelda, and I can plug it in yeah. easily there. And that's I, I have an office, so like the way my apartment is set up is I have like a main living room area with like the TV and stuff. Yeah, and then I have the area where I work. Yeah, with like you know a couple of chairs and like 
like a table where I can like put a drink or something. And that's where I like to curl up mm-hmm. and play games. Like that's kind of my relaxy. I'm going to play some Vita or 3DS now. Um, and I could not do that with the Wii U because the uh, the, the Wii U like connection like is so weak. Exactly. I would lose it like getting too far away from the Wii U. So, but the fact that I can do that with the Switch is like really nice to me. Yeah. Even if it's only for a couple hours, but most of the time, like my game time is kind of limited to that. Like I don't usually sit around and play for more than a couple hours anyway. Yeah. And um, I don't know if, do planes these days have like electrical outlets? I haven't been on a plane in a while. Uh, Yes. It depends on the plane. Um, So I fly Virgin a fair amount and they do. Mm -hmm. Um, More and more planes also have um outlets that work for like usb yeah i noticed that actually when i was in the hospital i noticed that they had uh, usb outlets now so did you see how like they actually charge the thing do you are you going to require like a regular like plug when you're plugging into the when you're plugging into the the tablet screen thing um because i know you can charge outside of the dock yeah i didn't see anything of any sort of setup like that so, okay, um, I'm sure that's on the internet, and I'm sure that we're going to get lectured on this, but <laughs> as long as I can charge it on a plane, I think it'll be fine. I don't. Think I, I do see myself bl- bringing out a plane and playing it there, though. Yeah, see, I don't think there's any sort of weird, like, technological, like, voodoo to, to charge your tablet, to charge it. I think it's just a normal charge. Uh, so people are, like, going, well, the Sky of Five's coming out for it. I'm like, yeah, so what? And I guess America, like, no offense, but Disgaea is on everything. Um, <laughs> I am still the most excited for indies, mm-hmm, but it too. sounds like indies are feeling a little, um, I want to say, left out. Um, or yeah. it's a little stratified, like certain indie partners like Yacht Club mm-hmm. got preferential treatment. That's yeah, I, I know. Image maybe and not form. a good idea. Uh, Image and Form are working on something. Um yeah. Yeah, I really hope Nintendo doesn't shut them out. Don't do it, Nintendo. This thing needs indies in the worst way. Like it seriously does. It, it's it's a successor to it's a successor to the Vita in the sense of being able to play Steam indies on the go. Yes, and I I want this game. I want the, sorry. I want this console to be like my portable indie machine. So I really think though that like it still has that very Japanese mindset, and indies are still. I mean, they're growing. They're becoming a thing there. They're becoming more popular year by year, but like they've lagged so far behind yeah. uh, Europe and and everybody else uh, in terms of indie development and where the place that it holds on like most games. And like just Nintendo can't do that because no. if you lean too heavily on traditional games, you're going to have content gaps. It's just inevitable and if it has content gaps there's so many damn games out now you can go play it anywhere yeah it's like oh no games for my switch right now well i'm just gonna go play on my pc yeah exactly and i think we've proven over and over again that an indie game can be just as big if not bigger than a triple a game like i think stardew valley was the best-selling steam game for 2016 yeah, and it basically, and the game should be so in Nintendo's wheelhouse. Yes, it's basically I mean, Harvest Moon, which came out on the Super Nintendo. I know, like its best entry was on the GBA. I know, I mean, and come on, and I mean, um, just don't sit on it because it's. Sorry, I fumbled there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, 
I don't think you can rely super heavily on Japanese development. Um, no, but uh, the way I hear it, and well, here's something I noticed. Uh, Minecraft was definitely prominently shown at that presentation. Not that it was playable, but it has been confirmed, and um, it was uh, has to shown be on, on it. Exactly, and Nintendo should not have sat on friggin' Minecraft to begin with. They should have been like the Super Mario edition, which I hear is really popular uh, for as popular as a Wii U game can get. Uh, that should have been like got a launch title for the system, practically. Probably. And uh, so, but uh, the, I mean, the the Wii U came out in 2012. That was a year after Minecraft. Minecraft had definitely blown up, but it wasn't. I don't think it had really received many console ports by that point. No, but it should have and been one of the first for a console port. Nintendo seems to often misread um, the market when it comes to the West. It, they really, really do. So, which is unfortunate. Like they do things their own way, which is fine. But I think a lot of their missteps. I mean, they've made some early missteps in the mobile market. Um, I was talking to a mobile developer yesterday, and mm-hmm. he was ranting so hard about how <laughs> Nintendo approached Super Mario Run. He was like, "What the hell are they doing?" Like, and it's like Nintendo does it their own way. And like, well, that's okay. It's super arrogant of them to put out three levels and then just go, okay, now you buy in for 10 bucks because so many people just went, well, I'm going to play the first level and quit. Yeah. Um, I don't blame Which them. Which is so what much. I did. I, I got bored by Super Mario Run super fast. I uh, I don't blame them for approaching Super Mario Run this the way they did. But of course, now that they know the way the market works, well, they can't really bend it to their will. It's not theirs. You know what I mean? So I So I wrote two articles. One was like, all right, that presentation was the worst case scenario for Nintendo, and I stand by that, uh, <laughs> just in case of it was too expensive, like all of these bad news came out in terms of like the storage size and the battery life and like the launch lineup, like all the way down the line. <clears throat> and I also talked about like why I'm also like feel like maybe the Switch has a better chance of making it than say the Wii U. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it is it just it has a better core selling point than the Wii U. Like the Wii U always had massive messaging problems. Yes, and, it did. And that kind of thing. And the Switch, people are like, well, it's not going to have enough games out of the gate, but it's going to have games that are must-buys yes. out of the gate. It's going to have Zelda. Yes. It's going to have Mario. It's going to have Mario in the fall, which is going to be like the critical, like, Holiday. okay, let's sw- yeah. sell Switches pe- to people. It's going to have a like it's going to have a steady stream of games that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. That so it has a selling point unlike the Wii U. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> like in my article is like admonishing me and going, "Oh, New Super Mario Brothers is like just as good and important as like the Mario Galaxy games." So I'm like, that, "That's nice and all, but I'm sorry, but it is a tier below." Mhm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. These games, I'm sorry, like New Super Mario Brothers, even the best of the New Super Mario Brothers doesn't even come close to competing with mario galaxy and mario odyssey looks like it is the true successor to that game yes yeah and so i that is something i can be legitimately excited about super mario 3d world i enjoyed it but it was kind of a a goofy game it was kind of a lark you didn't like super mario Um, 3d world i liked that i played it with friends and i i sort of felt like a lot of what i liked about mario specifically the precision and the like the platforming got lost because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there were like some really good levels and everything, but it was all it often got kind of lost in the fact that we were all running into one another <laughs> and like trying to keep each other on the same screen and blah 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 blah. Yakety sex. 
Yeah, no, it was so yakety sacks. And like one of my friends was like a total troll and would pick me up and throw uh, me off the edge. And I'd be like, why would you do that? And you'd be like, eh. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking forward to a more traditional 3D Mario experience. I can appreciate that. I, I love the fact, by the way, that people are like, New Donk City is basically like that episode of The Simpsons where suddenly yes. Homer was in the real world. Yeah, it's like the, thir- the first thing I said on Twitter it was like, uh, wow, Mario is missing too. It looks great. <laughs> So, I was going to say that, oh my god, it is Mario is missing too, my god. Um, I was going to say that I, this is all anecdotal, but like, you know, I've, you know, you talk to, you know people in gaming, who like games who are outside of, like, gaming culture, uh, who are outside of the games industry, and I've been kind of like, so, Switch, what do you think? And they're like, eh, don't think so. Which is strictly anecdotal, but like I'm not feeling the excitement with people, the kind of people that Nintendo needs to reach. Yeah, um, on the opposite side, I, I've I've talked to people who are excited about it, but um, mm-hmm. I think that it's uh, as we've both written about is it's you know not beyond redemption by a long shot, and I could see this being definitely not a Wii U, more of a 3DS situation where they drop the price and, and interest spikes. I hope so. Yeah, you know what I would think. I would think that they end up doing a a hardware remodel a la the 3DS that has better battery life Mm -hmm. and like a better screen and has a lower price and has all of this other stuff. And that's the one that everybody buys into aggressively because in the library is there. Yeah. Was that the 3DS or was that the the DS with the DS Lite? 3DS. I'm trying to... That was very much the 3DS and the DS Lite. In both cases, like both those systems took off when the first hardware revision came out i'm trying to remember how they revised the 3ds hardware other than the new 3ds i mean the, the giant 3ds xl oh right duh because the original <laughs> launch version was basically like a ds Lite, but yeah you know but with some improvements and i actually hated that thing did you did not like it it was the 3ds xl that like the bigger screen really caught my eye and even mm-hmm. though it wasn't as sharp didn't matter i liked how like I just liked how it just immediately felt like a much more solid system. That was a system I had to own. Yeah, in, in a way, um, maybe the, the Switch not blowing everyone away. It's like, well, kind of make Nintendo realize, okay, we have a few things to fix here. Like, they've done it in the past. Like, people weren't really impressed by the DS reveal. They weren't really repre- impressed by, well, they didn't know what to make of the Wii reveal, that's for sure. So Yeah, no. Uh, but the Wii, like, came right out of the gate and just became the hottest holiday item around. Yeah. But uh, more their handhelds, like uh, the DS, the 3DS. People have been people forget, but they were they were slow and a little hesitant at first. Yeah, a little bit. Even the um, Game Boy Advance that had to get a, ma- a massive hardware renovation before people really jumped on it. And see, it's telling that we're thinking in terms of co- handhelds right, right. here, because <laughs> Nintendo has never released a hardware revision for any of its like mainline consoles. You're right. I think, like you know, colors. And the closest, closest we got was like the silver GameCube. Yep. So thing. I mean, like maybe we could. So maybe we will get a hardware revision for the Switch. I hope so. I hope so, and uh, I, I'm still excited about it. Um, like I said, it's uh, on in my article. It's uh, it's got a strong first year in terms of game lineup, and I think it's too expensive. What's that? It's just too expensive. Yeah, yeah. I, I said right out of the gate, it has to be two fifty. But it's, um, it's not, and it's are... way too expensive in Europe. Oh my God, it's a it's an apocalypse in Europe and Canada. 
and i yeah, mean europe it's insane and- like people in europe are like our colleagues at Eurogamer are going what the hell yeah there's no way in hell i'd buy this thing for that much and uh, europe and britain are the markets that nintendo really needs because they've never been really huge over there yeah, you can't ignore Europe. I'm sorry. No. Uh, I feel like maybe they're still too focused, a little too focused on Japan. Yeah. And let's be honest, the gaming the gaming market in Japan has changed so much. Mm-hmm. We're talking about games that sell a few hundred thousand copies are considered a success. Like yeah. that is where the Jap- the mainline Japanese gaming market is these days. Like Japan, I'm sorry, it's just like it is so mobile oriented now. They love their gas like, games. That that I don't know if you can put a ton of stock in the Japanese market following to whatever you are selling. And I mean, I think the switch has the best chance since I don't know the, the PSP yeah, to make serious freaking inroads into the Japanese market. Uh, the best, uh, the best chance since maybe the, the Wii or the PS2 to make serious inroads into the Japanese market is from a console perspective, but I just wouldn't count on it. No, I, I wouldn't would either. Um, I definitely applaud them for trying to get like get Japan's interest back, and that's great. They should do that, but they cannot ignore Europe and the UK and Canada and just focus on America and Japan. All right, we've talked enough about the actual switch. Like we're just covering old territory now, but there was some new news. Yes. Um, and that new news is Fire Emblem. All the Fire Emblems. Yeah, Fire Emblem. So all of the Fire Emblems, which is what I put in the show notes. <laughs> all of the Fire Emblems. <laughs> So if you go back on the site, I wrote the day after the Nintendo Direct, holy crap, Fire Emblem's like suddenly one of the most prominent uh, Nintendo franchises. What the heck? Yeah, someone was saying on Twitter about how like 10 years ago it was on the verge of death and now it's like Fire Emblem for your toaster. Yeah, Fire Emblem for your toaster. Fire Emblem for your mobile phone. (laughs) Fire Emblem Warriors. Fire Emblem, uh, a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden for some reason. Why not? Fire Emblem for the Switch. We get... Literally, like, three days after Fire Emblem, before Pokemon, before Pokemon, yeah, that's Fire crazy. Emblem gets its own direct. Yeah. That tells you where Fire Emblem stands. And meanwhile, Samus is crying. Of course, oh, Samus. I'm so Samus, Samus and Advance okay. Wars. Uh, they're stupid, by the way, for not bringing back Samus. Because yes. if anything can make mainstream inroads, it's freaking Metroid. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You're, you're I, not going to hear me Even if they make another arguing. Prime. If they make another Prime, hello. I would love another Prime, <laughs> hell. Man, the Prime, like Metroid Prime, like, I don't know how well it did on the GameCube, but oh my god, back in the day, that game was incredible looking. Like, it was one of the best looking games of that generation. Oh, I played the hell out of that game, and I think it did really well, like, in terms of a GameCube game, like, as well as a GameCube game could have done. But I think just Japan doesn't care about Metroid, so I guess they That is, I would stop focusing on freaking Japan. (laughs) I'm sorry, I know you're a Japanese company, and you're, like, focused on the domestic market, but Japan, I'm sorry, is not a major market anymore. It's not. It's not, it just isn't. (sighs) Sadness. And I say this as somebody who plays Japanese games, like, religiously, like, Mm -hmm. more than most people. Mm -hmm. I go there regularly, and it's just... It's not even the same as it was 10 years ago. That's so So, sad. so different. Like, it is night and freaking day. Even handhelds have, like, gone back a lot. Like, Monster Hunter still sells 3 million units. Pokemon still does extremely well. But I, I just, I don't think you can make decisions with Japan as your primary focus anymore. No, I just not anymore. Don't think so. No. But, uh, yeah, but that's ex- Fire Emblem. But that's exactly why Fire Emblem is coming to mobile. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing with Fire Emblem. Like, so you're right. It was on the verge of death. Like, it was, yeah. It it had a couple of 
console releases after the GBA versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the console versions are generally well regarded by the hardcore fans, mm-hmm. but they had a reputation for being extremely hard. Yeah, yeah. And I knew so many people who were like, no, I'm not going to play this because it has permadeath and I'm afraid of it. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, Come on, you wimps, play Fire Emblem. <laughs> it's great. It's I love it. It's an amazing tactics RPG. You're like, nope, too hard. And I mean, so yeah, even though the Wii had the install base, like people didn't buy it because it was like, oh no, that's a scary hard game. I don't like scary hard games. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and then, and then the DS version came out. Shadow Dragon wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Like it was a it was a remake of the original Fire Emblem. It was missing a lot of what people had kind of come to expect from the later versions of Fire Emblem, especially the relationship system. Yes. And it had really ugly art. Like, yeah, it kind of did. Really ugly. Like, I just did not like it at all. Um, it kind of softened the... It rounded the edges off a little bit by having, like, mid-level saves. Yeah. But it still hadn't really broken out of that kind of perception of being too hardcore. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, the remake of the Super Nintendo one, Mystery of the of the Emblem, came out in Japan but never got a release here. And that's yeah. like a big red flag. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and interestingly enough, that was the one that introduced casual mode. Yeah, you're right. But uh, most of us know quote-unquote casual mode through uh, Awakening. Yes. Uh, and, and then, of course, as we all know, Intelligent Systems got an ultimatum. Uh, sell 250,000 copies or this series is done. Yeah. And they went in with the idea of like, well, this is it. Better like make the ultimate fire emblem. And you can debate whether it's the ultimate fire emblem, but it sure did like it, it hit like Mm -hmm. it hit in a way that fire emblem never really had before. Maybe because the 3DS, it came out right at a time when the 3DS was really taking off in the U S and Europe and, um, and Japan. And it, also, um, it it was a lot prettier. Yes, other than having no much feet. prettier game, and it, uh, it and of course, like just by virtue of having casual mode, like like now people are like, oh, I'm gonna play in casual mode, yay! The, I can uh... grind, yay! <laughs> I love, uh, oh, like the two, oh, the characters can get married and have kids, yay! Like kissy kissy like let's pair them up <laughs> let's face it that's the little main reason we all played i mean that's what someone was telling me on twitter mm-hmm. and they're right mm-hmm. i i um the dialogue though like between the characters the the interactions were hilarious most of the time it was just a really fun game all around absolutely so <clears throat> it took off and fire emblem fates was also big um i would say that it was one of last year's best games um all of the idiotic uh controversy around it oh, notwithstanding God. yeah uh, i'm not even gonna get into that i'm still kind of annoyed by <clears throat> people who are advocating for crappy localizations because it's quote-unquote more accurate i'm sorry I, i'm like sorry I said, i've been through that in the 90s i'm not going through it again uh it's i was reading their the fan localization and i'm just like this is like one of the most boring things i've ever read yeah <laughs> i'm <laughs> sorry like with all due respect to the people who are like putting in a lot of hard work to do it like i just I'm sorry, like, I literal translations are stupid. And yeah, they tend to be a little so, man, dry. I got a lot of, I'm dropping bombs in this podcast. Man, <laughs> hard, hot takes all around. So, like, I am going to get so much hate mail for this episode. I look forward to it. Oh, I look forward to this getting linked on certain Reddit forums that I will not speak of. But I, oh, so I digress. Fire Emblem Fates was really good. I really enjoyed it. I did not, I finished uh, Conquest. I 
almost finished Birthright. I still need to finish Revelation. Uh, how much of Fire Emblem did you play, Nadia? Uh, I played Awakening. Uh, really okay. liked that. I was really kind of hoping we'd get... Uh, there was a rumor that uh, Fates was going to be um, re-released for the Switch. I would have liked that a lot. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't get an announcement. But maybe Nintendo's like holding back a little bit because they're like, uh, we don't want to. We don't want the perception to be that the Switch is really replacing the 3DS. We want the 3DS yeah. to get another year. Yeah, and, and that's why they're continuing to put games out on it. Yeah, and as we saw, the uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden is going to be on. Uh, uh, sorry, not Gaiden. Uh, Echoes is going to be on 3DS. So, so here's the question: Where the heck was Pokemon Stars? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, this is like totally out of left field, but where the heck was Pokemon Stars? Was, really was it kinda... because they want to keep selling copies of Pokemon because it's doing really well and they don't want to undercut that? That could be. Um, who knows? Maybe it'll get its own direct like down the road. You never know. I think it will. And you know what I think it'll be? Mm-hmm. E3. That's a good point because I'm thinking to myself, well, what does Nintendo have in plan for E3? And uh, well, that's a, good, that's a good starter. Though, or right on the release date. <laughs> bombshell like they're gonna probably do a direct the week of the switch mm-hmm. the week the switch comes out and i almost guarantee that pokemon stars will be one of them because it uh the, it falls in line with the usual timeline for when they reveal a new pokemon game mm-hmm. like they usually they reveal it in the earlier part of the year and basically let the hype build and build and build until it comes out right. later yeah, we'll that see. that would be a great holiday release too, alongside Mario. That would be um, high price or not. That would be quite compelling. So let's talk about Fire Emblem Gaiden really quickly. Okay. Um, Never so played. So they're it. remaking it. Interesting decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden. <clears throat> I didn't know a ton about Fire Emblem Gaiden until the announcement was made. Same. But uh, it was released originally on the Famicom. It was the second game in the series, and a lot of people kind of see it as like Zelda Two. Yeah, uh, like a lot of games in that era, we the the sequel, the direct sequels, uh, all, uh, always kind of seem to differ in big ways. And this is the same with Gaiden. Um, it was just a very experimental phase, I guess, that developers were going through. Yeah, it was doing things like it introduced an, an overworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changed like how the weapons were dealt with in a lot of respects. Um, my understanding was that like you had a just a default sword that was automatically attached. It did not have weapon degradation. Yes. Which, um, Some people hated that. If I recall correctly, there's no weapon degradation in Fates either. No, they got rid of that. And I think that yeah, was controversial so, as well. I'm fine with it. I hate I don't, Yeah, I hate weapon degradation. Because <laughs> weapon degradation is basically just a tax. It is. Weapon tax. I mean, it's literally just like, oh, got to go fix my sword now. Yep. Or in the case of Fire Emblem, oh, time to buy a new sword. Yep. And it just results in you not using it very much. Oh, I got the sweet killing edge, but I'm only going to use it occasionally because yeah. in like big moments because like I only have so many charges on it. Yeah, that always drove me up the wall. No, I, I can't say I'm sad to see weapon degradation, degradation go. No, me neither. Uh, Gaiden, but yeah, Gaiden will have that. Uh, it sounds uh, like watching the trailer, it looks like it's actually going to be really faithful to the NES version, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to have, like, free-roaming dungeons? Yeah. Um, I actually wonder how much people are going to like this one, because, um, if I'm not mistaken, there weren't really any relationship buildings, were there? No, uh, that uh, aspect did not show up, really, until Mystery of the Emblem on the Super Famicom. Right. So, 
it is going so i wonder if they're going to like insert that because they're like well this is why it sells so yeah <laughs> they did it with shadow dragon what's that they did not with shadow dragon oh much right, to its right detriment yeah exactly they're gonna have to have some new aspect um they can't just like freaking remake a an nes game so <laughs> I, I think watch them i think that's gonna be it i think it's gonna be the relationship aspect i hope so because i'll be honest that's one of the big reasons i play fire emblem all the waifus and husbandos <laughs> petting mini games petting mini games I'll, I'll skip those hot tub scenes yes i i chuckled like i i think that stuff is cute I, i'm not gonna say that you can't put that in though the petting mini game was a little weird the, the petting um, was a little too weird for me but the the other stuff it's like uh i kind of like it i wasn't sad that the petting mini game went away yeah <laughs> Though I think it's funny that there's a similar petting mini game in Pokemon, and yeah, that the, like they make the same expressions essentially. Yeah, <laughs> when you're like, you're like, uh, yeah, you know, it's like basically the Pokemon's like where touch point where they point on the doll where they touch you. Because like <laughs> Fennekin, like Fennekin's really getting into that petting, and I'm just going, whoa, calm down, man, Ca- calm down, like Del Fox. But, uh, I know you're like cute and furry and everything, but whoa. Well, at least like Incineroar is a big cat, but then again, he doesn't like it when you pet him. He's too cool yes. for it. Too cool. But uh, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they put that stuff in Fire Emblem Gaiden. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Fire Emblem Gaiden? Are you excited? Are you interested? Or are you going to skip it? Oh, I'm definitely curious about it. I will almost 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 certainly give it a try. Um, but it older... came out of nowhere. Like I wasn't expecting it. Neither was uh, I. Kind of so soon, right? Yeah. Um. I- I'm definitely glad they're bringing it over. I'll, I'll give it a try. Uh, I'm really eager to see what they have for uh, the Switch. We don't really know anything about that one yet. Um, oh yeah, that's like not coming out for quite a while. Yeah, and uh, f- my husband's really stoked for uh, Fire Emblem uh, Heroes. Really? Yeah, he's big into the Mosu games. Oh, well, that's nice. I know a lot of people are. Yep. They're they're a lot Dragon of fun. Has- Dragon Quest Heroes is, was actually pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't get to finish it, but now that 1 and 2 were coming to the Switch, hey, hey. I did not particularly care for Hyrule Warriors. Neither uh, did it was I. Okay, I guess. Uh, it, it's like, I don't know, I didn't like all the OCs. They were kind of dumb. Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> Just a little bit. Um, I like the OCs in Dragon, uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, though. Yeah, it's weird how it, it all kind of worked out. I guess just because, I don't know, somehow they fit into Dragon Quest, but they didn't fit so well in Zelda. I, I think Dragon Quest Heroes, like, was the most faithful to its subject matter. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, like, I really caught the whimsy of Dragon Quest in it. Yeah. And it was fun. And, you know, the monsters are so fun. Exactly. It's just fun fighting <clears throat> tons, hordes upon hordes upon hordes of monsters. Yeah. And uh, I, I liked the general story. I liked how monster-focused it was. Uh, I liked that the soundtrack was back. Mm-hmm. That they didn't have, like, some butt-rock version of the Dragon Quest theme <laughs> with, like they do with the Fire Emblem theme. <laughs> uh, I will say that I'm still emotionally scarred by the Dynasty Warriors Gundam games. So uh, I, like, just... I tend to take a dim view of the Musou games in general. I guess they weren't very good. <sighs> Uh, there'll be people who tell you that they like them, but I mean, it's literally just button mash, kill the guys, button mash, kill the guys, do some combos or something, unlock more units, keep going. Like I found it to be kind of a drag. I'm just gonna, I'll be perfectly honest. It's just like, why am I playing this? (laughs) And you know, like the, the genesis of the Musou games was Japanese businessman comes home, is really freaking tired from the day, is thinking about how much he hates his boss. 
and just wants to punch in the face of some monsters. <laughs> so that's what he does. Or in the case of Dynasty Warriors, relive the 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 battle, the War of the Three Kingdoms, or mm-hmm. so. Okay, um, and they can do that. Just like hit the buttons, like people die. They're like, "Thank you, God, I can get my aggression out on this game." It's kind of dark. It is, but I think a lot of people like just like hitting, like button mashing and killing things. Um, oh yeah, I do. And there's a certain appeal to it. And actually, uh, they've gotten rather good at doing these licensed versions. So yeah, I mean, I can't say that it don't treat the uh, the properties with respect because they usually do. I'm not going to play it though. You're not going to play uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. Ah, don't care. I guess if you're not into the Musou games, then why bother? You know. Yeah, I just I played Dragon Quest Heroes. I liked that, but I, as much as I like Fire Emblem, I just don't see why I would invest in this game. Well, it's not like you don't Unless, have like, like other Fire Emblem games to play. No, no kidding. We got like four of them. Yeah, including a Fire Emblem for the mobile, Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, that one's going to be huge in Japan. Yeah, I think it will actually. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna nail this one. Yeah. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the gotcha mechanic where like you're um, randomly drawing uh, heroes by like inserting orbs. Mm-hmm. Like actually, I kind of freaking hate that mechanic. Yeah, I, I understand uh, that, but it's really really characters popular. Characters that I want, let me buy them. Yeah, I don't make me randomly get them. I'm sorry, I hate that. Like when I play Ultimate Team, like when I play Madden Ultimate Team, like there's an auction house, and it's like okay, well I can just go buy the character from there, mm-hmm. which is fine, no, but. Often it's like, I, I hate, I just really hate, uh, like, hoping and praying that the character that I want, like, pops out of a pack. Yeah. Like, in Hearthstone. It's like, oh, I really need this character. I craft it for 500 million fucking dust. <laughs> part, of my lo- part of my language. Or I could, uh, or I could uh, try and put in a zillion orbs and pray that I actually get it. It's funny when you mention, you know, getting sports guys at an auction house. I'm just picturing, like, some sort of cattle thing with, like, a guy with, like, a gable and, like, you know. <laughs> no, I'm guessing it's not like that. Man, it's getting a little dark here. <laughs> getting a little dark, Nadia. But I think my main concern about Fire Emblem Heroes is that the actual tactical aspect will really take a backseat. Yeah, it, it would have to because, you know, if you don't have, like, the super-duper legendary heroes, well, you know... This, that's well, the gonna... maps are necessarily smaller to fit on like a mobile screen. That too, it's it's uh, and it looks like it's uh, locked into portrait mode. And the admin, and sorry, not the admin. The characters are a little too chibi for me. I think they're cute. I like that. They're all right, but I I don't know. They look a lot like your pretty typical Japanese mobile game. Yeah, absolutely, and that's almost certainly by design there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I will play it. It's. I, I thought that it was going to be an Android exclusive when it came out on February 2nd, but actually, no. Uh, Nintendo said that it's going to come out on iOS at the same time. Yeah, uh, that was a little surprising to me that it's coming out. Uh, oh, did they say the iOS? Sorry, did they say it was going to be at the same time? Same time. Oh, okay. I thought it was coming out they Android They confirmed at the GameStop, or not GameStop, GameSpot, that it will be a simultaneous release. Oh, okay. Hmm. I had the impression. they recognize, they're like, oh, well, we better put it on the good phone, too. <laughs> people are going to be annoyed. Now you're going to get heat. So many bombs. <laughs> uh, that's what I exist to do. It's going to throw bombs at people. Oh, my God. All the angry Twitters are going to be coming right at me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Adoken. 
So I, I should hate probably Neil, hate twits. Because uh, yeah, it comments. didn't make sense. Oh, that, like the, uh, I'm gonna rile our community. Oh my gosh, one hundred percent. Forward to it. But, I mean, you like mobile games. Are you excited about Fire Emblem Heroes? Yeah, I'll definitely give it a try. Um, I see it being kind of like uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius or even Record Keeper. So they they're, they certainly have a model to oh, follow. Oh, two games I didn't like. <laughs> there you go. You're not going to like this, I'm uh, pretty sure. I, I never played Record Keeper, um, but Brave Exvius, I hated the art. I liked the I liked the art. A lot of people are like, oh, I really like it, but I, actually the new sprite work looked kind of cheap on the mobile phone screen for me. No, I liked it. Uh, Fantastic well, I, I don't soundtrack. blame you. Like, I mean, it's immediately appealing to the eye. I just kind of soured on it. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see how it goes. I, I could use a, I could use a game to randomly play on my my mobile phone occasionally, especially because I'm about to uh, wrap up SD Gundam on my my Vita, and I need something new to play while I'm on the road. Oh, finally, huh? You're gonna ship me Dragon Quest Eight so I can play that. Yeah, I guess I should get that uh, sent to you. <laughs> I'll make a sandwich with the two copies I have. <laughs> oh my god, we totally didn't talk about Dragon Quest Eight. Well, that can be for next I'm talking time. for an hour and 20 minutes, and we haven't talked at all about Dragon Quest Eight. Here's the deal. Send me a copy, I will play it, and we'll play. We'll talk about Dragon Quest Eight, and we'll talk about Tales of Berseria next week. Okay, that works. And I will also have a, uh interview with the Torment Ties of Numenera uh, director. Um so also look forward to that. We're going to talk about Western RPGs on here. Woo! Western! Yeah, coming out at... Uh, it, it's coming. It's, it's going to happen. Horizon Zero Dawn's coming out at the end of next month. Mm-hmm. And Tormentize and Numenera. Mass Effect Andromeda. Don't worry. Which we'll keep talking about, like, Persona 4 Gold and all that stuff. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, but the Western stuff's on the way. So be ready. Like, brace yourself. Um... And on that note, Access of Blood God is a U.S. Gamer podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, wherever or wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, please rate and review us. Uh, tell us how awesome we are or don't. But I would actually prefer I would, uh, if you have bombs to throw, maybe give us a five-star review and then show yeah, a bomb. Yeah, that'd be very nice of you. It'd be like the Yelp review where you're like, oh, uh, this food was amazing. But the service was, like, just okay. One star. One star. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Kappa. You can follow Nadia at Nadia Oxford. She also writes a lot of cool things on Tiny Girl, Tiny Games, uh, which is her personal blog. And you should follow US Gamer on all of the social media channels, uh, Twitch, YouTube, uh, etc., the Final Fantasy IV Let's Play continues, and actually we've been doing it on YouTube lately. I've been kind of experimenting with YouTube, seeing how that goes. Uh, so far, so far, good, actually. I, I actually really like the, uh, I prefer the technical aspect of the YouTube, um, so nice. I will probably be focusing on YouTube for streaming going forward. Um, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff on the, the site as well. Um, Jeremy has a column a weekly column called design in action if you haven't checked that out um he's currently doing a four-part series on castlevania symphony of the night which he is going to wrap up next week i have a, a monday column called starting screen where i uh i drop a bomb and then i uh, kind of talk about like you know just individual thoughts news that kind of thing something good to start your week off with mm-hmm. uh, over a cup of coffee um lots of stuff like lots of stuff going on the site the site's been busy my god we had like 14 articles yesterday yeah it's uh it's it's jumping 
this, the site's hopping. So hopping. I, I, I'm enjoying it. Nadia, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, I think I'm pretty good. Uh, generally, I've been doing a lot more writing on the site, though, So uh, because I'm not yes. really doing guides anymore. So check it out. Yay, we rescued you from guides. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to have Nadia back on the editorial side. And in fact, she is going... the. By the time this podcast goes up, there should be... Uh, one of her breakdowns of Dragon Quest VIII. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not doing a scored review, but I do have Nadia doing a couple of fairly meaty pieces on Dragon Quest VIII. So yeah. keep an eye out for that. It's just giving you an idea of how well it translates to the 3DS. And um, I told her to just do a, a nice think piece about Dragon Quest VIII next week. So indulge yourself, Nadia. I plan to. Excellent. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back next week with lots more RPG talk. Um, God, I really hope we don't make it a habit of turning these podcasts into 90-minute affairs. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. I, was, I had so much to talk about. What do you want? It's been a busy week. I'm like sitting here going, man, this podcast might only go like 30 minutes. And then the next thing is an hour and 20 minutes. We I'm always like, say right. that. It never happens. It always seems like that, right? It's like, well, there's not much to talk about by the hour and 20 minutes. Okay, whatever. <laughs> All right. So we'll be back next week. As always, thanks for listening. And for Nadia and myself, we'll see you again next week. And until then, happy adventuring. Bye.